You're listening to the Creatively Connected Classroom, episode number 13. Welcome to the Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet. Connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler. We have an amazing host by the name of Amanda Kunlaba. I hope I said that right. Did you get it right? Amanda? Did I say that right or no? Kunlaba. Kunlaba. Okay. Silent. All right. Wow. All right. So, you know, you hosted the chat for us and you were talking about deconstruction. But we want to just find out a little bit about you and kind of your journey through education. Okay. I have been teaching for 13 years and seven of those years were in an art, visual art classroom um, at the elementary level. I taught about 600 second through fifth graders every year. And I think it was the first year that I was teaching art, I decided to start blogging because I just really fell in love with this whole idea of coming up with my own lessons because I hadn't really hadn't been able to do that creative lesson planning when I was teaching in the regular classroom. So I fell in love with coming up with these art lessons and I wanted to be able to share. And I, you know, started my blog party in the art room. Um, And I had that blog for a really long time. But this recently, I've decided to make party in the art room more of a local thing. And I started a new blog called the simple art class. So that's where I'm sharing art lessons and things now. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So you were a gen ed teacher before you became an art teacher. What precipitated the change? Well, I taught I had done my student teaching and the first six years of my teaching at a model school for arts integration. And at the time, that school was the only school in our district that was arts integrated. And we had a principal change at that school. I'd had the same principal the whole time. And when she got ready to retire, an art teacher position came up at another school. And they asked, they said, we would like for you to come over here so that you can help us with our arts integration initiative. So I took on that leadership role at the same time that I, you know, became an art teacher. And I mean, I'm certified and my national boards are in visual art. So I was qualified to do that. And I was able to not just do the art teaching, I was able to work on the whole school, you know, arts integration initiative, which was really, really cool and rewarding. That must have been. Yeah, And Amanda, I don't know that a lot of people, I mean, I know that us that are involved in STEAM and working with Ed Closet and some different things on arts integration have a good understanding of that. But for our non-art friends or just general education people, can you give us a little bit more of an understanding of arts integration and why you're so passionate about it? Yes, that's my favorite thing in the world to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So arts integration can take a lot of different forms, but really it boils down to you're using art forms to teach alongside the other content. So the students are learning both the art form and the other content. So you might be teaching multiplication. I just got through doing a workshop on this concept. So it's fresh on my mind. You might be teaching arrays, but you would have the students involved in an art process so that they're learning that multiplication at the same time that they're creating and designing artwork. Now, it can really be... You know, it could just be one teacher in the school that teaches that way. Or like where I was at, the whole entire school wanted to do it. And our superintendents supported that. So it really takes on, it completely overhauled the culture of that school. There was no art presence there. And when the Arts Integration Initiative, you know, after a couple of years, it just flourished. And there was 
art literally everywhere. I mean, it just oozed from the building and from the students. And it just was such a positive change. So when I talk about arts integration, it can be just one thing that's happening in somebody's classroom, or it can be like this huge cultural change for a school or a district. That's amazing. Well, just from a, I was actually just talking to another colleague in another Texas school district, and they've started some arts integration campuses. And I was talking to him about it because I had a lot of interest in it. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear that you've seen it in action actually change a campus culture. You said your superintendent was supportive. How did you foster that support? Because it sounds like then it precipitated to other schools a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think my superintendent at the time, we have a new superintendent now. He's also very supportive, but it was the community. The parents in the community went to him and they said, we want our school to have what the other school had, the school to where I was, which was a model arts integration school. Parents and people in the community went and they said, we think all of our schools, all of the children in this district deserve that. So every school in the district became arts integrated. That's really exciting here. They were so right, too, because I'm telling you, when I walked out of that one school that was a model school and went to the other school, it was stark contrast. The inequity was crazy. I mean, it was heartbreaking. Oh, sure. I mean, I guess that kind of leads into one of the questions that you asked. Is there, not just for our teachers, but for all teachers, I mean, is there an overlap in teaching challenges and learning challenges? And so what kinds of challenges did you feel like you were kind of maybe up against and how did you go about overcoming them? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is funding because, well, in Mississippi, if you want to if you, let's say your school wants to become arts integrated, there's a process that you can partner with the Mississippi Arts Commission. They have a whole schools initiative and you can get some grant funding that way, but it's not going to cover everything. And that grant funding is actually more for professional development and to bring teaching artists in, mm-hmm. but you can buy supplies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah. the reality is yeah. you don't have art you supplies. You don't, you're not making art. Yeah. Not everybody can like figure out how to do an art lesson with a stack of old newspapers and some glue and crayon, right? And plus, you know, you want your students to have access to high quality materials too. So funding is a huge obstacle and it's an obstacle to teaching that overlaps and hurts the students. And, you know, to deal with that, I just threw myself into grant writing and got really good at it. Like, but the only way to get better at Grant writing is to write a bunch of grants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like anything All else, practice, practice, doing, practice. Right? Yeah. yeah. I just, I, anything I could find where they might be giving away money, I begged for it. And there was, there's an organization in Washington State. The name is escaping me right now. But, you know, I called them and I said, I'm teaching 600 kids art and I don't have any supplies. And they bought about $1,000 worth of supplies and sent them to us. And that got me through my first year. Wow. Wow. I mean, I've, I've heard things like organizations like Home Depot, like they were doing some kind of steam related grant for teachers. And that was probably about two years ago. And I don't, I don't know what's really come of that or if they're still doing that. Well, and in certain school districts, grant writing, that's a whole nother, there's layers to policy and procedures. Like where we are in a large school district, you have to get everything approved at various levels before you can yeah. grant. So yep. that you have to do that where I'm at too, but yeah. that, you, know, you figure out how to get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, form relationships with the people that you need the approval from. Yeah, I think that's it right there is forming those relationships, just like in teaching. If you don't have the support of of the higher ups in your school district, you're going to have a hard time pushing forward and making changes. 
on that, you know, it's interesting. I, I think a lot of, as an art supervisor, I think a lot about the funding part of it because, you know, if I have one school that has a very small budget and another school that has a large budget, I feel like there is an inequity there because kids aren't having the same experience. And just like you said, you know, some people that have been artists their whole lives and they've thrown themselves into really being innovators can maybe maybe come up with a lesson that that is newspaper and glue and come up with something great. But those I have a lot of young teachers that are still, you know, it takes a long time to perfect your craft as a teacher. And it's it's really not fair to those teachers to have to be put in that that extra layer of challenge. You know what, Laura, that you just hit the nail on the head of the whole theme of the art chat that I did of it doesn't have to be hard. We gotta mm-hmm. by this because I have for a long time, you know, I said I've been blogging for a long time, an arts education blogger. I feel like there's some kind of competition amongst teachers. It's nobody talks about it, but <laughs> about who has the cutest, best art projects. Yeah. And it's not fair because yeah. some teachers don't have funding and some teachers, like you said, they can't figure it. They're trying to worry about classroom management and stuff. Right. They don't know how to make a lesson out of the newspaper. And it's, we don't need to compete because if we're, as teachers, if we're competing, then somebody's students are losing and we cannot let that happen. So we need to simplify it. And so that it's accessible to everyone. Well, I think awesome. I think what was amazing was that in your chat, the questions changed from just being challenges to talking about things being complicated and how to really simplify teaching, just basically teaching in general. And so you kind of started to talk about that. And then your very last question was, what resources do you know of that teachers that are listening who aren't art teachers or who want to expand on their arts integration or their scheme or whatever, you know, so it doesn't become so complicated because there's, there's lots of lessons out there that are probably really good, but for general teachers or people who don't have, you know, an art background, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is like written almost in a foreign language. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, because I have never taught in a school that wasn't arts integrated. I mean, I did my student teaching at an arts integrated school. So I have no idea what it's like to not know what that is. <laughs> and so, so sometimes when I'm talking to people, they're just, they look at me like they don't understand. And I realize that, man, I've got to take it down a notch. We all <laughs> get on the level of the people that are new to this so that we can build them up and so that their kids can benefit from it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you have any resources that you could suggest to some people about arts integration? I mean, well, obviously, Education Closet has lots of great stuff, but my main thing is just reach out. If you find yes. somebody listening to this podcast, you can reach out to me. You reach out to somebody that you think, hey, this I really like this lesson, but I don't understand one part. And actually, people do that all the time. They send me emails and they'll say, I read your, this article that you wrote. Do you have a picture of what it looks like? Mm-hmm. And I've been 20 minutes going through the 20,000 photos on my phone, so I find it and send it, you know. It's important. It is. Yeah. At least the way I think about this, Amanda, is that I feel like probably all of us in this conversation right now are on a mission and we're advocates. And it, you know, similarly, I just had a young lady reach out to me, pretty young teacher, reach out on Instagram. And she's only on Instagram. And she said, Hey, Laura, I've seen Flipgrid, I've seen Nearpod, I've, I've seen Seesaw. I don't know. I have a K through two art room. How do I use these tools? Like, you know, how do I put them in the art studio? What are the best resources? And honestly, I'm not the best person to answer that question because even though I supervise art teachers, I'm not in the classroom every single day with K2. So I 
I said, are you on Twitter? She said, no. I said, okay, fine. I'll put it out to Twitter. So I put it out to Twitter and it immediately got responses. And I just took screenshots of my Twitter responses and sent them to her because it's important because she's looking and she needs that. She needs to know that somebody's going to try to help. And I think that anybody in the PLN is willing to do that to help others. Yeah. I mean, don't, but I do not want teachers. I know that there are teachers that feel this way, but I don't want that. They're scared to reach out. Yeah. They think that if they can't, or they don't want to be seen as not knowing how to do their job or whatever it is, but we want to help because that's how we make change in this world is the more teachers that we can help, the better the education is for the children. And that's, that is what drives me. And I know that's what drives you guys. Absolutely. Hi there. It's Susan Riley from Education Closet. Isn't Amanda just fabulous? If you've loved listening to her, you'll love learning from her too. She has this fantastic online class called Managing the Arts Integrated Classroom, and you can get 10 PD hours from taking it. Everything's online, so you can view it in your PJs if you want. Learn all about it at educationcloset.com forward slash courses. Now, back to the conversation. Well, I'm interested to hear, I mean, I want to go back a little bit in our conversation because you talked a little bit about the competition and I see this and it is something we don't talk about, you know, and it, it kind of goes back to the thought about process versus product. Right. It really is, especially in our social media driven world. How cute is this board or how cute is that, you know, and especially when you're in your elementary levels and I'm not real big on that. And I'm really trying to educate even the administrators that I work with that to me, if the process isn't there, then who cares about the product? Because the process is where that learning occurs. And sometimes the product might flop, even though the process, like, you know, the kids are really into it because they're taking risks. So talk to us a little bit more about that unspoken competition and process versus product. When you said that about trying to talk to administrators about it, I feel your pain. I mean, I'm having conversations with literally everybody, even the students, about how the end product is not the most important thing. I'm having conversations with parents. And I don't know, I really don't know why it's so hard to see that because it comes so naturally to me. Like I just, that just makes sense to me. But I think one thing that teachers can do when they're in this situation of there's all this pressure on art teachers to produce thousands of pieces of beautiful, perfect work to hang up all over town. But the best, thing that, the best thing that the art teachers can do, or teachers in general, is to talk to the students about it so that when they go home, they know about the process and they can mm-hmm. talk about their process and they know all what all those supplies are called and they know how to use it and they know the vocabulary. And so that they can talk about the process with their parents. And if an administrator comes in to observe you and talks to the kids, the kids understand the process. I think that's the best place to start I agree. in changing the way people look at visual art education. And I faced this in my school with the teachers. It was so hard to get them to focus on the process versus what they've got to hang up in the hallway. Mm-hmm. They were scared to even try stuff sometimes because they were afraid it wouldn't look good. And I'm like, no, you don't, it doesn't matter. You right. document the process, take pictures of the kids while they're working, you yes. know, so write down some things you hear them saying to each other and then put that in the hallway with the work. Yes. Was, oh, everybody that walks down that hall, what your kids learned. Yeah. I'm really encouraging all of our teachers to put those essential questions and the standards when they hang their art and to hang the pieces that maybe aren't as cute. But I see I'm really working on that because we've had teachers say, oh, my team, my grade level teams, they don't understand that we even have standards. And I'm like, well, 
how could they even think that we don't have standards? You know, I said, just continue to educate everyone, the whole community, put it up there, put, like you said, you know, we have iPads in our art rooms, take tons of pictures of, of the process, document, you know, you can make little snippets. If you take a bunch of pictures throughout, then you can put a little video together of, of the whole process in action and share that with people. And then post their standards, post the essential questions, tell them what the engineering understanding is supposed to be. And then yes, when kids are asked, what are you learning? They can say, I am learning about the element of line and you know, contours and those kinds of things. They can tell you all about it. And how powerful is it to put things like the vocabulary in the hallway when kids will go to the bathroom, they'll see that vocabulary word. I mean, you know, decorating the halls is a big deal, especially in elementary schools. But put stuff like that out there. I even went so far last year as to start doing posting a teacher reflection with the displays that I did from my classroom. I would try to do one in each grade level hallway from the art room Mm -hmm. just to model. And I would type my own reflection. Like, this is how we did it this time. But next time, if I teach this again, I'm going to change this because this part didn't work. And it was a honest, transparent reflection. And I think it's great for teachers to do that because that's how we can teach each other. Right. And communicate with whoever is in the building. But yeah, and I really encourage people to not just put the standards and the essential questions, but vocabulary too. Definitely. Student reflections. Yes. Every, (laughs) you might not every time have time for every student to write this six page reflection, but (laughs) your early finishers can do one. Put it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, we can't keep competing and doing the dog and pony show thing. Yeah. We got to be open and transparent if kids are really going to learn. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, as the more and more you were saying that about where the learning happens and and connecting it with the other classrooms, the other teachers, when you have that vocabulary out, you know, you start talking about it, and they're like, "But that's math related." No, oh, it's art related too. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh. And then it just changes their whole outlook on it. Nothing we do is in isolation as human beings, but especially in schools, nothing is isolated. It's all connected. And I really feel very strongly that arts integration and STEAM are the ways that we we are intentional about the way we do it. Yes, intentional, for sure. Okay, so what is one major thing that you would suggest to simplify your teaching? I think the first place to start is going to be looking at your classroom management. If you have, I mean, what is wasting time in the room, right? I think that's a really good place to start. You need to sit down and you need to think about, for instance, this happened to me last year. I was having way too many kids have to go to the bathroom to blow their nose because that's where the tissue was, right? So I got a toilet paper roll holder and hooked it over the door of one of the cabinets (laughs) so that they could just get the toilet paper off and not have to go all the way to the bathroom for that, right? Yeah. simple thing that saved some time. So to simplify what you're doing, start there. Look at little bitty things in your classroom management plans that can be tweaked Mm -hmm. and to maximize the time that you have with the kids because nobody ever feels like they have enough time with their students, right? You need more time. You need more time. So you got to start looking at ways to simplify that stuff. And then from there, you can start looking at your lessons and every lesson doesn't have to have sequence and glitter on it to be an art lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sorry. I just, I love it because it's so true. (laughs) I mean, it's cute. It looks good when you make a pin for Pinterest, but we're not making pins for Pinterest. (laughs) We're making little human beings, you know, they can think for themselves and apply knowledge where it needs to be and make those internal connections. That's what, I mean, And I think another thing that is helpful when you're trying to simplify is to actually do the project from start to finish. 
yourself. Use the exact same materials. And as you're working, think about what trouble is going to come up for the kid. Like you yes. know, they're going to have a hard time cutting out these little bitty pieces. So what can you do to go ahead and have it a plan to support them when they get to that point? Don't just like wait until a disaster happens and then try to figure out how to fix it. Think ahead. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm right now I'm in the zone of working with first year teachers and some of our student teachers and all of those tips are excellent. And I can't wait to share them with, well, all teachers, but especially a lot of the younger. Some of the things they don't necessarily yeah, tell some you. Is, some, yeah, there's a lot they don't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all those little classroom management hacks. I guess yeah. it's the word. You don't learn that in college. No. You know, you have to almost, I really don't want any teacher to go for three years like I did and not know about this stuff because I had to figure all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while. It took me at least three years before I felt like I knew what I was doing or was even close to knowing what I was doing. So I don't want any other teachers to have to feel that way. And that's yeah. another thing that drives me to do what I do. We're here for them. That's awesome. So what is one thing you would love the audience to take away from our conversation today? Oh, one thing from this conversation. (laughs) We kind of flopped around. Yeah, we have. This has kind of been my mantra lately of just life in general. It's just onward and no fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid that the product's not going to look great. Just no fear. No fear. That would be the thing to take away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Amanda, as always, we enjoy visiting with you and we don't get to see you enough in life, but (laughs) love what you're doing for the community. Keep up all the amazing work and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for letting me come on here. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Honor. Heads up seven up friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it. Tag Education Closet and K-12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.